right, let's go to the most anticipated title fight in years. Undefeated heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder taking on Tyson Fury in a rematch for the ages. The fight is Saturday, but the two almost threw down yesterday at the press conference. CB. Who do you think wins Saturday night? Man, I haven't been excited, this excited for a heavyweight fight probably since Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson. And Tyson was even way past his prime at that point. But I'm going with Wilder in a 10th round TKO. And look, a lot of people think Wilder has to knock him out to win the fight because obviously Fury's the much better boxer. My problem with Fury, though, I don't know how hard he hits. Now, he's got 20 knockouts and 29 wins. It's okay. But I, I, I don't think he ever hurt Wilder in the first fight. He landed some pretty good shots but never hurt him. So I think Wilder will be more ready for his unique boxing style in this fight. And I think Wilder, even if he doesn't knock him out or TKO, I think he'll win the fight because in a decision because he'll land the better shots. He'll hurt Fury a couple times. I think he'll knock Fury down at least once, if not twice, even if it goes the distance. And I think while Fury might pot shot him, I think Wilder will land the more telling blows and land them more frequently than he did in the round in the first fight. I'm not going to sit here and break you know break it down like I'm um, uh, was it Bernie Sugarman right? I'm not going to sugar Bert, Bert Sugar right? I'm I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know that much about the sweet science. I love boxing movies. I love great fights. Some of the great moments growing up in my household was, you know, uh, the, the, the no Ali. Yeah, the, or the no Moss fight, right? right? I mean, or, or the Tyson fights, which you pay all that money and then you're like, wait, it's over? <laughs> it's over already? Get up! How's it over? Um, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm really excited about this fight. And uh, maybe for a different reason. Like, I think one of the things that hurts boxing is because we've seen so many of these boxers post-career have have mental health issues, right? That it's it's really kept a, a good portion of the best athletes away from the sport. No question. And because of the rise of MMA, that there's a generation of fighters that grow up as wrestlers or they go to Braz, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Deontay Wilder, like, I don't know if he could be a pro athlete in football, but he sure looks the part. Like, that guy's a legit athlete. Right. He walks into any room, and he's the biggest badass there is, right? And that's the same thing with, with Fury. And now they get to fight again, and you have one guy who has as good a punch as we've seen in the sport, right? Remember when Drago and Rocky Four would punch, and they'd measure it, and it was like a 1,000 pounds of pressure? Right. That's what Deontay Wilder hits like. <laughs> like. He hits like a ton of bricks. And then you got the one guy who occasionally can take that punch and he's had all kinds of his own issues now, dad was a bare knuckler like I just love this idea of the fight but I like the boxer as opposed to the puncher I take fury and I think it's going to be a, a whole heck of a lot of fun and if you think about it during my adulthood I'm not sure. I know one of the Klitschko's was heavyweight champion, but I used well, to do this. Both were, yeah. But I've, I've done this like on my radio show where you, you quiz people like, who's the heavyweight champion of the world? You have no idea. Like, how is that possible? But when you go back to when we were kids and you would always know whether it was Tyson or Holyfield um, or Lennox Lewis, like you knew. And I think we're getting back to that point. And I think this fight is the beginning, hopefully, of a generation where the heavyweights come because the biggest guys with the biggest punches, I want to see who the better man is and we'll find out in Vegas. And I think part of the reason we're getting back to that point, if we are indeed, is because of the first fight. As much as we, and I was there, as much as we hated to see a draw, it was, no. Fox hooked me up. Fox hooked me up. But 
it was a, the draw is what Wilder needed. As long as he was knocking everybody out quickly, you you wondered about the competition because clearly he he hasn't been boxing that long, only 12, 13 years. He's not as skilled as the great heavyweights of the past. So you were like, he's just beating a bunch of tomato cans. Right. Now that he's got, it's like Ali Frazier. The, whoa, the reason, whoa, no, whoa, I'm not saying whoa. they're on that level. Okay, but you. the fact that they were so closely matched yes. helped both fighters. And I think and that's what it means. if he had knocked Fury out in the first round, a rematch or it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Now he's got a rival. Yes, and and I mean, this is the only time Deontay Wilder's going to walk into a ring and a guy's bigger than him with a longer reach than him. Lots of fights he's going to walk in and guys have more experience than him. Right. But to, to meet a man who is every bit as big, as angular, as long, maybe not as, obviously not as athletic or in as good a shape, but I think that that's part of the challenge to Wilder. But man, when he hits you, Oh my God! I couldn't believe Fury got up. I, I couldn't either. Fury couldn't even believe he so, Fury couldn't even believe he got up. I mean, if you remember, one time he gets knocked down and he's out for a second, then all of a sudden he, and he gets back up. Yeah, it's amazing. Look around you. It's a wireless world, and everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. And Raycon's latest model, E25, is their best one yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for on-the-go listening and for taking phone calls. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. Now's the time. To get the latest and greatest from Raycon, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash FTF. That's buyraycon.com slash FTF for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash FTF. Time now for in or out. The NFL playoff structure could reportedly change under the current CBA proposal. Seven teams from each conference will make the playoffs with only one bye per conference. So, Doug, are you in or out on the new playoff format? Okay, I'm, I'm out. And now uh, it's a foregone conclusion it's going to happen. Okay, so, I, again, this is if Doug or if we ruled the world. If I ruled the world, I'd be Thank out goodness. on it. <laughs> Woo, I'd be out. Yes. I just said how nice she was. <laughs> out of the world, but, but, right? but you're right. It would, it would be a bizarre world. I, I'm out on it. I just I think it's too much weight on the one seed, and it's too many. It, it just it feels like too much, too many games. It's going to happen, but I wish they would still keep the top two seeds getting buys. I'm in. I love playoff football. I love wild card weekend. And if you want that one seed, play a little bit harder during the regular season. Win more games on the regular season if, if that's how important it is and of course a lot of the champions have had that bye now you have to play a little bit harder those regular season games mean a little bit more you sounding like a coach I know, I know. <laughs> the further you get away from the game the more the closer you get to coaching <laughs> I am out on this for the same reason as Doug I think it gives too much of an advantage to that number one seed the last seven Super Bowls both teams have had the bye week so can it get to a point where it's essentially we start seeing just the number one seeds in the Super Bowl? Now, I, I'm more out, though, on the 17 games than I am on the playoffs. I'm with you. I love playoff football. I'd rather them keep it the way it is with six teams, but 
I'm not going to be mad about seven, but I, I don't like the 17 games. All right, on to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott is coming off the best statistical year of his career, but Dallas Hall of Famer Emmitt Smith thinks Dak should take a team-friendly deal to keep the team core intact. So, Doug, are you in or out on Dak taking a team-friendly deal? Well, I, I thought the rules were like, don't talk about somebody's mama, their girl, their religion, <laughs> and their money. Their money. All right? <laughs> if you want a team. Especially don't talk about somebody's money. And Emmitt kind of violated that rule there. I'm in, though, because I do think that Dak benefits from having all of these weapons around him, and he'd be wise to, to not bite the apple, not chase Carson Wentz's contract and Jared Goff's contract. Look, Jared Goff's contract and Todd Gurley's contract is the reason that they right. didn't make the playoffs, because you can't put enough Absolutely. weapons around him. You had to get new offensive linemen. I, I know it, again, again this is a Doug rule of the world. It's not going to happen. But I'm in on him taking a team-friendly deal. I'm out. I don't think Dak should be forced to take a team-friendly deal. He's been on a team-friendly deal the first four years of his career. A real team-friendly deal where he's been paid <laughs> probably the least out of the most uh, the, the best quarterbacks in the league. And so I, I'm saying if I'm Dak, I'm not taking a, a discount at all. Pay me the money that you I deserve. I've been the face of your franchise. I put this franchise in a position to win. I won a bunch of games. Carson Wentz, same draft year, he got paid. 107 million guarantees. Uh, you talk about Jared Goff, $110 million in guarantees. Pay me the same type of money that you paid those guys. Look, I'm in philosophically in that if, if, if taking instead of $35 million, $32 million a year is going to help us keep some of the guys we need, I'm in on that because I think you can look at it as an investment. If he keeps the guys he needs and they win a Super Bowl or get close to a Super Bowl, his endorsement money off the field gets even greater. My thing, though, I don't know that it's necessary because he has his offensive line is set for the next three, four years. You got Zeke locked up. You got some of your defensive – Jalen Smith just got locked up. Amari you got to keep, but I think they could probably keep him even with paying Dak. So, philosophically, I'm all right with taking a haircut, but I don't know that he needs to in this I, I also – and Brian, maybe you could speak to this. I, I think this sounds like the debate like last night, right, the redistribution of wealth. But couldn't he – I mean – yeah, do, you, do you run the possibility of getting guys to want to play for you more if you go like, hey, I'm going to take less because I want you to get hooked up? No, because did Demarcus Lawrence take less? No. Did Zeke, did uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott take less? Absolutely but not. But Zeke is making less than 50% of what Dak's No, but like, like, yeah, like but Amari, like Amari Cooper is like, look, man, this is, you're important to me. Yeah, that, those are nice things. However, what I want my team to do is draft better and then find better players. If we can't keep those guys that we currently have, I want to get my money. I also want you to do your job, which means you need to draft better, get those younger players to play better. All right, on to the Patriots with Tom Brady's future up in the air. Peter King predicted Andy Dalton could fill the void if TB12 leaves in free agency. So, Doug, are you in or out on New England being playoff contenders with Dalton under center? I'm in. Like, Andy Dalton is actually, what is he, 71 and 60 as a quarterback? Made the playoffs five straight years? Like, he doesn't stay. He's okay. And I think it's really important to, to mention, let's not compare him to Tom Brady, Tom Brady. But Tom Brady at 43 years old is not the best quarterback in the NFL. He might not be a top five, maybe a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's brilliant, right? In the continuum of football intelligence and talent, it's way more in football intelligence than in terms of talent. It didn't say they make the playoffs. You're still in a division where the Dolphins are rebuilding. Right. The Jets are perpetually rebuilding, although 7-2 and two when Sam Darnold was playing last year. And you got the Bills who made the playoffs two out of the last three years. But playoff contenders, 
Absolutely, because he's going to take less. They can spread it around. And Belichick still has an outstanding defense. Will they be a Super Bowl contender? No, but a playoff contender, yes. I'm going without. I mean, I, I, I think Andy Dalton is just an okay quarterback. He hasn't had over 3,500 yards in any of the last three years. In the last three years, he's had double-digit interceptions. When you talk about Tom Brady, he doesn't turn the football over. He doesn't throw interceptions. He's only had double-digit interceptions once in the last six seasons. Andy Dalton loves to throw the ball to the other team. I'm not so sure that he's willing to step up to the challenge. And I think I'll say this. If I'm a New England Patriots fan and they say we could pay Tom Brady $30 million for the year or we can uh, pay Andy Dalton $20 million, I'm still saying I want Tom Brady. We just have to pay him more and figure things out a different way. Yeah, I'm in on them being a playoff contender. Now, they might miss the playoffs, but I think they'd be in the hunt. That's it. Dalton is solid in that regard. You, you mentioned his record. Most of those wins came, you know, four or five years ago, you know, and they, he's he's declined significantly. Yes, but look, I mean, it's AJ, not all his AJ fault. Green's been hurt. I get it. Joe Mixon's been fault. hurt. Their offensive line's an abject disaster. You know, like, look, they, they were off to a four and one start two years ago, and then the roof fell in with all with all the injuries. That, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm not telling give you he's, contender, he's, he's but quarterback I, Jesus now. Okay, but he's better than how he's played recently with all the interceptions because the team has been a joke in terms of talent and coaching. That's why. Like I said, I'm in on them being a playoff contender, not a Super Bowl contender, kind of like you said. Everybody's a playoff contender a, in the offseason. Everybody's maybe a playoff Maybe they're contender. within a game or two of the last playoff Everyone's spot. also <laughs> like taking the- CB's turn. Let him have his turn. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Aaron Rodgers. A recent report suggests that A-Rod's days in Green Bay might be numbered and that the Packers could move on after his contract is up. So, Doug, are you in or out on Rodgers' Super Bowl window? Oh, I think Super Window's wide open for a couple years. All all the best players on that roster are not yet 30 years old outside of Aaron Rodgers. That that was the, you know, he had a first-year coach that had to, I thought they got embarrassed in terms of coaching um, in in the NFC Championship game, but I do think that they'll get better. Like, look, they've done a really good job of going out and getting free agents as they got the Smith brothers, who who are a dynamic combination. They finally figured out we got a running back in Aaron Jones. I, I think they fixed a lot of things on that roster, but you look at his wide receiver, receiving core when healthy they're going to continue to get better and they're all not yet in their athletic prime I'm in on the window window still being open for a couple years I'm in as well I think the window's still open as long as you have uh, Aaron Rodgers I think you have a chance but if you can add a, a special player like a guy like Stephon Diggs now you have somebody on the opposite side of Devontae Adams now you're saying now we can't double team one guy and take away one guy he we have to worry about two different right. guys on the he opposite sides of the field to me that that kind of swings things in their favor just a little bit I think the window open. I don't, I don't know if I think it's as open as you guys do, but and, and let's call it what it is. Aaron Rodgers has to be better too, because the last few years, I know two years ago they had injury, he was injured and all that, but he's got to be better. We talk about Tom Brady's decline. His QBR and his yards per game were higher than Aaron Rodgers. He only threw two fewer touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers and he didn't have Devontae Adams and he didn't have Aaron Jones in the backfield. So Aaron's got to be better. Now I know San Francisco was a unique Unique matchup for them that was just tough. Bad matchup. The other teams, the other good teams in the league that they played, they fared well against. So I think they've got a window, but I certainly wouldn't call them the favorite in the no. NFC. Who would be? Right now, off the top of my head, I probably go with the Niners. Niners again. Right? Yeah. Okay, but outside of the Niners, I mean, they're right there. You know, I might take the thing about it, over Seattle. Seattle has any idea what they're doing at first and in, in an inch, right? In the last game right. of the season, Green Bay plays. The Niners, it's a bad matchup at home. It's a horrible matchup for them. Yes, but a completely different matchup when you play in Green Bay in the winter. It's a, it's a little window. It's a crack. 
The window's open. We're closing <laughs> this window. Practice. We're closing this window. Have you ever had muscle pain? I'm talking stop you in your tracks. I'll never work out again. What am I going to do kind of pain? This is the kind of pain Dr. Jason Wersland was in when he created Theragun, the deep muscle massager that's unlike anything you've ever felt. Theragun isn't a cheap massager that just tickles your muscles. Their handheld percussive device uses a scientifically calibrated combination of speed, depth, and power to release the deepest muscle tension. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just everyday life, you can use Theragun. Theragun is the preferred muscle recovery device for over 250 professional sports teams and used by hundreds of thousands of satisfied customers around the world to reduce pain, increase range of motion, and soothe aching muscles. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com cadence. For a limited time, our listeners get a free charging stand with a purchase, a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash cadence, theragun.com slash cadence. All right, on to some hoops in just three seasons with the Warriors. Kevin Durant took home two finals MVPs. But when KD decided to leave Golden State and take his talents to Brooklyn, many wondered what his motives were. KD tried to set the record straight yesterday. Take a look. Do you feel like you have to win a ring somewhere else to solidify this idea that you can just win a championship? I don't believe I can do anything in this life by myself. I never felt that we can win championships based off of only what I do. I felt that way in OKC, when we had success in Golden State, when we had success, and it's gonna have to be the same thing in Brooklyn. A lot of people seen I left a successful organization and wonder why, for the most part, it's just wanting to just make a change in my career. It was mm -hmm. simple as that. So Chris, do you think that Durant needs to prove that he can win a title without Steph, Clay, and Draymond? First of all, he didn't answer the question. He said, I can't do anything by myself. Of course, you can't win it literally by yourself. So he, he did a good job of dodging that. To be honest, it wouldn't be wise to answer it. If he sat there and said, you know what? Yeah, I do need to win a championship. Now you put all that pressure on yourself. Maybe your team's just not good enough. So I think he handled it the right way, but I kind of saw between the lines what he was doing. He was avoiding the question. Now, his legacy is set as far as obviously Hall of Famer, obviously all-time great player. I think, Doug, you may have him in your top ten all-time. Is that is that? I don't true? know. I put together a list. I've seen I, thought he was the top, I, I thought he was the best player in the league over most of the last three years. Okay, so he's, bottom line is he's going down as an elite all-time great yes. player regardless. Now, if he were to win another championship, it would be huge for him. I don't, when he went to Golden State, I said, I did not rip him. I was one of the few player, people that did not rip him in the media. And I said it was because when he wins a championship and two or maybe three championships and he's the finals MVP, the same people ripping him will be praising him. And that's just what happened. So he got tons of credit for going to Golden State and doing what he did, becoming their best player, winning the finals MVP. But let's just keep it real. As great as Kevin Durant is, you went to 
the best team in the league and won. There are a number of players who could, I think, could have went to Golden State and won those championships. I don't take it away from him, but that's just the fact in my view. I think they would have won last year without him if Klay Thompson doesn't get hurt. So it would do wonders for his legacy. If he wants to get firmly in the top ten, in most people's top ten, if he wants to, I know your GOAT conversation is really long. If he wants to get in that GOAT conversation, conversation. <laughs> right? and, you know, but it, I don't think he ever would be considered the GOAT. But if he wants to get in that magic bird, you know, right below that GOAT t- conversation, which for me is just uh, LeBron, Michael, and Kareem, then I think winning another title, maybe two, probably two to be honest, in Brooklyn would do it because he is phenomenal. We never seen anything like him as a seven footer who's a legitimate perimeter player. Right. Legitimately unstoppable. I've always said he's a seven foot version of Steph Curry. And but he has to win without the great cast he had in Golden State to prove it. Uh, there's a bunch. Let me unpack a little bit. Well, you said his legacy set, but he can add to his legacy. He can add to it. No, his I, legacy is an all-time great, elite all-time great is already set. Yes. I, I, I Look, the story is not yet, you know, there's there's a, a other chapter here. First, we don't, you're coming off an Achilles tendon yeah. tear, and he's on the other side of 30 years old. It's it's hard to believe he will be the same guy. On the other hand, one of the things I think thirty one. He's uh, not that far over the right, but he's been he's been in the NBA for over a decade, right? He's right. he's he's got a lot of wear off those off those tires. But we all believe that his style of play may be able to stand up even if he loses a half step because he kills no him, right because yeah. he's, he's so tall size. Right, I think I don't think he's Steph Curry. I think he's Kareem if you really want to get down to it, because he's got an unstoppable, his pull-up jump shot is an unstoppable weapon. Well, it's not just that he's a great shooter, it's that because he's so tall, because of where he and how he shoots it, you almost can't block it, you can't stop it, much like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's sky hook. And kind of like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem lasted long. Not not only that, though, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we point out, like doesn't get mentioned as the great of all time, even though six titles, six MVPs, right? And Kareem kind of still searching for, was always kind of searching for himself, even when he was out in LA, he didn't necessarily feel comfortable with the glitz and glamour of Magic Johnson. That's what this guy's doing. He's he's ser- he's still searching for himself. Look, he's laid out so many different reasons why he's done what he's done. I do think the truth is starting to come out in that he didn't want to call out players in Oklahoma City, but it wasn't about playing with Steph and Clay. It was about playing where you could have space. He thinks he's the best scorer in the NBA. I agree with him. But he couldn't do it when everywhere he goes, there's another defender, right? You throw Andre Robertson out there, can't shoot, and Steven Adams, who can't shoot, and even yeah, Russell Westbrook. He sharing the ball, the whole philosophy. But, but when, they're, when they're up three games to one, Golden State was like, look, let's just guard him with two guys. And it's it's almost impossible to do what you do. Now, he didn't play well in game six, and, and Clay was otherworldly, but I, I understood why he wanted that space. I'll disagree with you in terms of anybody could have gone there, because because though the Warriors won 73 games, they were ahead of the curve and everybody was catching up to him. And this guy was the cheat code. This guy didn't allow the rest of the league he to catch up. He was the cheat code, but you think everybody was catching up to him? Yes. Because they won 73, they had Cleveland down. I take nothing away from the Cavs and LeBron and Kyrie, but if Draymond's not 
suspended for Game Five, I think Golden State wins that series. But 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 look, so they would have had two straight rings, and everybody's still young and in their prime. But if he wins, listen, if he wins a title in Brooklyn, if he wins two titles in Brooklyn, oh, it's huge. We're gonna have a com- completely different discussion. I think That's why when I the say collection of how oh, of his right. legacy and how you, I don't think he needs to win it to prove anything at this juncture. I, I, However, I say he said when it I changes say, the complexion but, of how he is remembered as you start to think it, about his legacy as he plays on. But but when Chris, I say he's set as his legacy, I mean he's already he, right, right. He's all-time all-time all all yeah, that, I mean, he's already set in that. I just mean it can it can only go higher. But, but here's if here's the part that I disagree with and and sir, you tell me if I'm wrong. You said the people that were naysayers when he went to Golden State would cheer him. That hasn't happened. Oh, yes it did. I'm not going to name names, but I could name people I was on the set with who ripped Kevin Durant for going there and then praised him. Because I saw the same thing with LeBron James. People ripped him when he went to Miami and soon as they start winning, they were praising him. He was winning MVPs and all that. But even you just said, like, well, look, a bunch of people could have gone to Golden State and won and and, I do think that. I, I, you look at his numbers all that year. Like that he was phenomenal. He was the final. He was the best player guarded by the some people's greatest of all time. He was better than LeBron. Qua- but hold on, let's let, both of you guys play ball at a higher higher level. He all the fact that he had Steph and Clay and Iguodala and all that they had on the court that made it easier. Of course it did. That made it much it easier. LeBron, I had to pay LeBron so James much had, attention LeBron to James them. LeBron James had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And then they had. I'm not saying Durant wasn't great. I'm just saying you cannot overlook the fact that putting him on the court with those players made it easier for him to do what he did. No, no, no no question. That's what I'm saying. But but I would disagree with you. And did people say that he was great? Yes, but people still continue. And and even there's a little bit of a lot of the criticism of KD is off the court stuff. Right, but earner accounts and all that. I feel like he. He went there to show he's the best player in the league. I felt like he was the best player in the league. And there are still a lot of people that are like, nah, he went to 73, went 10, they won two titles, they would have won it with him, they would have won it without him. I still think that's there's true. the naysayers, and that's why he's got to show that he can win outside of Golden State. So you State. think he has to show it? Because I don't think he has to. That's what I, I mean. He's elite, that. However, ultra elite, I don't, regardless. I don't, I don't truly believe so because I know what I've seen. You already felt but like I he think was the best player prior to prior for to the, for that For that, that period, of, for that period of, time. of time. Let me ask you this. Yes. I think historically you have LeBron ahead of him. Yes. He needs, if he won two titles in Brooklyn, even maybe for you it's one. Would he, can he catch LeBron? Yes. Historically. But he has to win what? Two? I don't know. Let's just see. Like, I, I, I hate saying if he wins two, but and the LeBron window is open. Leader, and LeBron the window is, is open. Like, I don't know what he's going to look like. I don't know if Kyrie. Well, he's got to lead him. I don't know a lot of different stuff. Lead him to two. Time to play drawing a blank. Emmett Smith wants Dak Prescott to take a team-friendly deal to keep the Cowboys' core intact. So let's take a look at that core. Doug, the most important Cowboy next season will be blank. Zeke Elliott. <laughs> Zeke Elliott. No, listen, when he rushes for 70, you have money back. You should be supporting me. When, when Ezekiel Elliott runs for 75 or more yards, they are 35 and 10. When he rushes for less than 75 yards, they're 2 and 11. Feed Zeke. Remember that, you know that meme where he's eating that cereal, right? Yeah. Feed yeah. Zeke. 
I, I, I love I love Zeke and I love his ability. I think they need to open that offense up a little bit more. I think Mike McCarthy would do that. Last year, Dak had great production, but you also got to look at the coaching staff. There's a reason why uh, Jason Garrett got fired. I think you bring Mike McCarthy in, you, you add that production as far as yards and hopefully some wins, he looks a little bit different. Dak Prescott is the most important Cowboy. I thought you were going to say Mike McCarthy, which I think is a legitimate answer. You know, Mike McCarthy is very important for them, but I'm going with Dak as far as players because, look, first three years, Dak won and didn't have the huge numbers. Last year, had the huge individual numbers, didn't win. This is the year they need him to put both together. Big numbers, big games against the playoff-type teams, and I think Dak Prescott, that's why he's the most important. Zeke's eating the cereal, Dak's eating the soup. Beat him. The NFL <laughs> playoff structure could... What's your favorite cereal? Mine, Lucky yeah. Charms. Lucky Charms. At my age, granola. Under the, the <laughs> it used to be it used to be something like Lucky Charms. Seven teams from each conference will make the playoffs with only one by per Good conference. Diamonds, so real tall. Bushes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Next Sorry. to the cereal. With the expansion, Doug, the team that missed the playoffs last season that will make it this season is blank. The the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers. Really? Yeah. They had huh. injuries in their offensive line. Um, you know, they had Melvin Gordon holding out, like, look, they got dudes. And oh yeah, by the way, they didn't have Duran James, who might be the best defensive player not named Nick Bosa in football. Still got Joey Bosa, but they probably Who's got the a quarterback. Probably Tyrod Taylor. Good oh, enough. Wow. Right? Big question. I would guess Tyrod Taylor, maybe draft Tua, Tua, and eventually maybe he plays late in the year. But like they have a squad. There's a reason. It's not just the empty seats that they want Tom Brady. Is they know they got dudes. And offensive put, line is. I, I'm telling shaky. you, Derwin James, Melvin, uh, Melvin Ingram, and Joey Bosa on the defensive side with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. And I think they re-signed Hunter Henry. They got a squad. Tyrod Taylor is going to be good enough. He was good enough in Buffalo. He'll be. How many games did they win last year? Two? <laughs> it was 12 years Five, four, but right? just, just wasn't It wasn't a lot. There was a reason. They still had that talent. It was a reason why they, they didn't they win a very many massive injuries games. in the offensive line, and Derwin James didn't hardly play. Oh, that's a problem. My answer is the Browns. I think they have Ooh. a bunch of talent. I think you find a way to How many games they win last year? <laughs> that's a bit of an issue. I think you got to do things up fans. just a little bit yeah. with uh, Baker Mayfield. Get him to not throw the ball to the other team. You got a chance of winning some games. It's going to be a tough division. I think the Steelers come back a little bit, but I still think the Browns have enough talent to win. Well, I was going to say, I thought about the Browns, but that division, Baltimore yeah. obviously not going away, and Pittsburgh, if they were good last year... Without Ben. Right. That's 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 my only worry about the Browns. Can they be better than those two teams? Thought about the Jets, but I'm going with the Cowboys. We've been talking about the Cowboys all show. Dak, Mike McCarthy, they're going to get it done. All right, on to Cam Newton. After nine good seasons college. with the Panthers, that is a good call. It because looks like his time I mean, in Carolina might be scared. coming to a close. The team is reportedly Philly, open to trading the former Philly. MVP. So, Doug, the best trade destination for Cam Newton is blank. Tampa. Tampa. Uh, look, um, I don't think he's not the runner he used to be. He doesn't even want to run like he used to. So I don't think that fits Chicago, who a lot of people rumor. Plus, when you got all those injuries, you don't want to play in that cold, man, that wind. And the quarterback whisperer is Bruce Arians. He also likes to throw the ball deep down the field. And Cam Newton, he might not throw it to somebody, but he can throw the ball deep downfield. 
I think Cam Newton and Tampa makes a whole heck of a lot of sense if they move on from James Winston. Yeah, I like Tampa. I think that Cam, with those two shoulder surgeries, may have a little issue throwing the ball deep in that way. I like the Chicago Bears. I think that they have an innovative offense with Matt Nagy there. I think they have a good running game, a solid running game, and I think they also have a defense that's not going to put the pressure on the offense to score 27 points a game. I think if he can get to 21 points a game, that defense can carry them. I'm going to help you out on your previous prediction. L.A. Chargers. I, look, I think you talk about a name. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but he would generate at least a little bit of excitement out there in Southern California as they move into the new stadium. And look, you like Tyrod Taylor. I'd take Cam Newton over him, no question about it. The last time we saw Cam healthy, he was 6-2 and two through the first nine weeks of the season, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, over 100 passer rating. Like, he looked great. He was in an MVP conversation early two years ago. Mm-hmm. Then he gets hurt and the rest is history. So, if he's healthy, look, I'm not saying he's their quarterback for the next 10 years, next five years even. But one year, give it a try. You know, if you're the Chargers. All right, on to the guy that Brian was talking about earlier in the show. Stephon Diggs, the star wide receiver, deleted all Vikings content from his Instagram, which prompted trade Mm. rumors. If it happens on the gram, it's going to (laughs) happen. It's real. So, Doug, the quarterback you want to see throwing to Diggs next season is blank. Thomas Patrick Edward Brady. This simple solution, right? I mean, Minnesota's in cap hell. And you mentioned Stefanski. Like, good luck with Odell Beckham Jr. Because... Uh, obviously, Odell's been good. He was good last season. I, I know he was. He is going to hate this system. Okay, I mean, Stephon Diggs hated that system. Everybody hated the system. They were all up in arms. I mean, Kirk Cousins was apologizing for not throwing the football because they're going to run it. They're going to run it, and they're going to run it. Stephon Diggs is like, check, please. Um, Stephon Diggs, I want to see him catch balls. I think he's an elite wide receiver. He's a top five wide receiver in the league. But we haven't seen the consistent productivity. He hasn't gotten the opportunities. And Tom Brady needs a number one wide receiver. That makes the most sense to me. Who needs a guy that can certainly help them win more games to be a guy opposite Devontae Adams? That's Aaron Rodgers. I think that Aaron Rodgers is a guy that he should play with. Now, the hard part is to be able to get the Vikings to trade within that division for them to be able to get Stephon Diggs. But I think that one-two punch with Adams and Diggs would be critical for Aaron Rodgers if you want to make that Super Bowl run. It only took us two and a half hours, Doug, but we agree on something. All right! (laughs) I'm with you on time, Brady. Look, I I still think give Brady a weapon like Diggs and – I probably still like Kansas City better, but they're right there and got a shot to, at the Super Bowl if they get digs. All right. Thank you for listening to the First Things First podcast. Remember, leave us a review and tell us what you think. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and catch us on FS1 Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. Eastern.